behind, which has to do with Solomon's, he's going to leave it all behind, and how does that apply to us? And an awesome note from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a few other tosses and turnings, but I won't um, further discuss that because you'll see it as we go along. So again, a note of responsibility to us as parents, and that ties in with Ecclesiastes and the grandparents, leaving behind, as Solomon says, I'm going to leave it all behind, an awesome note from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, which is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. Now for slide number one. I'm going to try to go slow because I can sense that I'm going to be speeding up, so I'm going to try to stay within the range of following the text. Considering all the things you possess and have done, why, Solomon, do you still remain discontented? I'm going to say it again. Considering all the things you possess and have done, why, Solomon, do you remain so discontented? Number two. Again, I know I'm repeating myself, and then you can see the scriptures. Considering all the things you possess and have done, why, Solomon, do you remain so discontented? Verse 18. Thus I hated all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun. There's that phrase again, under the sun. For I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool, yet he will have control over all the fruit of my labor for which I have labored by acting wisely under the sun. This too, as the phrase says, is vanity or useless, futile. Therefore, verse 20, I completely despaired. Imagine that, Solomon, all the riches in the world, all the possessions in the world, many wives, and so on. Therefore, I completely despaired all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored. Thus, another reason for Solomon's discontent. Ecclesiastes 2, 21 through 23. When there is a man who has labored with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, then he gives his legacy to the one who has not labored with them. This too is vanity and a great evil. Or as some translations say, a catastrophe. For what does a man get in all his labor and in his striving with which he labors under the sun? Key note, again, under the sun. Can you say under the sun? Because all of his days, his task is painful and grievous. Even at night, his mind does not rest. This too is vanity. My last few verses before we begin an exegesis of these passages. If you know, if you want to know what I mean by exegesis, I'm not trying to be smart or tricky. Any minister, anyone who gets before the pulpit has to 
not read into the scriptures, but say, thus saith the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. There was nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This is also I have seen. This also I have seen that is from the hand of God. For who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? I would like to say more, but I'm going to move on. For to a person who is good in his sight, he has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. While to the sinner, he has given the task of gathering and collecting so that he may give to one who was good in God's sight. This too is vanity and striving after the wind. So let's go back to verse 18 and start our talk concerning Solomon. Thus I hated all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun, for I must leave it to the man who will come after me. One of his sons' name was Rehoboam. He was a foolish son. He followed after Solomon, and he just about destroyed his reign by his ill treatment of others. One hope alone was left to the disappointed whirling. I'm going to say something that I hope strikes a kindred which means a kind of a vibe to you. This is Solomon, the man who asked for wisdom. He could have asked for money. He could have asked God for all these things, but he asked for wisdom. And yet, he turned out, as far as this passage is concerned, he turned out to be a worldling. What do you mean by that? He turned back into the world. How about you? Christian, ladies and gentlemen, what have you done with what God has given you? Have you turned to thank the Lord or have you turned back into the world? Can I get an amen? Amen. I hope it's convicting to you for what God has given you, for what he has placed in your possession, have you turned back into the world and used it for the world, or for you, or have you used it for the glory of God? One hope alone was left to this disappointed worldling, the perpetuation of his name and riches laboriously gathered through his successor, for selfishness is mostly at the root of worldly parents. I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to get into this later. Are you a worldly parent or grandparent? And I'll explain that more later on. Thus I hated all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun, for I must leave it to the man who will come after me. While he himself enjoyed the fruit of his labor, Solomon despaired that he had to turn to the fruit, excuse me, that he had to turn the fruit of his labor to his successor. So I loathed all the fruit of my labor. Solomon got tired of himself. I thought about this a long time ago, and I'm just going to interject this. Christian, 
I'm talking to you. And I'm going to say this solemnly and perhaps sadly for my sake and yours. Are you tired of the world? Can I get a witness? Are you, are you, do you hate yourself in a sense for going back into the world with all God has blessed you? Thus I hated all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun. For I must leave it to the one who will come after me. I know this is a repeat. At death, Solomon will be forced to leave to pass on all his estate and the fruit of his labor. I'm going to ask the people back there, don't go to the next page. Just leave it right where it is because I have a few notes of my own. Solomon will be forced to pass on the entire estate and fruit of his labors. What came to my mind is the Lord Jesus Christ. Solomon, you and me are going to leave all of it behind. But I have this note called forced to leave. Jesus said, no one has taken my life from me. Solomon had to leave it all alive. It, it was an involuntary death. But listen to the words of Jesus Christ as found in John 2.18. No one has taken it, that is my life, from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up. This commandment I have received from my Father. Can I get an Amen. The Lord Jesus, I told you this was going to take a turn from different directions. The Lord Jesus Christ said, no one takes my life from me. No one. It was a voluntary death. When Jesus Christ died on that cross, it was voluntary. He laid his life down. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? Just what I, the scripture said. He laid his life down. Who did he lay it down for? For God. You know the next verse. So love the world. That's you and me. That he gave his only unique son. There's no one like him. He laid his life down for you and me. And for that, you and me ought to be eternally thankful. Can I get an amen? amen. Don't turn. I got another one. <laughs> the rich man and Lazarus. Well, how are you paralleling that to... Solomon laying his life down. Well, I got this from the new treasury of scriptural knowledge. I just didn't make this up. I wasn't trying to fish around for some scripture. I got this from the new treasury of scriptural knowledge, and that doesn't mean anything to you except for I was searching to make it applicable for you and me, and this is what I came up with. Well, this is what they came up with. And he said, Then I beg your father, that you send into my father's house.
Well, I've got five brothers. In order that they, he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. When you leave this world, just like Solomon, you're going to be with absent from the body, present with the Lord, or you're going to be in order that they might warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment. What's it going to be, ladies and gentlemen? Is it going to be absent from the body, present with the Lord, or is it going to be in another place that I don't even like the name? Next, go ahead. The world is a veil of tears, even to those that have much. See what fools they are, which affords a man nothing better than just taking care of his body. Well, the world is a veil of tears, even to those that have much in it. See what fools we are, which affords a man nothing better than just taking care of the body. And the utmost he can attain in this respect is to allow himself a sober, cheerful use thereof according to his rank and condition. But we must enjoy good in our labor. I was downstairs this morning in my home. And I had to retreat to the upstairs. I said, thank you, Lord, that I can even get up and go upstairs and do what I have to do. Can I get an amen? amen. We need to be thanking the Lord Jesus Christ for just waking up in the morning and functioning and thinking and doing all the other things. For by him we live, we breathe, and we have our very being. I'm going to ask you a sober question this morning. Have you thanked the Lord for anything this morning? Anything. We must use those things to make up diligent and careful and cheerful in worldly business. And this is the gift of God. Next. Riches are a blessing or a curse to a man. The reason why God doesn't put so much in perhaps Brother Bruce's life, perhaps in your life, is because he knows what you're going to do with it. According as he has or has not, a heart to make a good use of it. To those that are accepted of the Lord, he gives joy. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Christian, do you have any joy in your life? Are you witnessing for him? Are you thanking him? Amen. But to the sinner, he lots labor, sorrow, vanity, vexation, and seeking a worldly portion which yet afterwards comes to better hands. That may or not be true. And I think you already know what I mean. 
Let the sinner, let me get this correct, let the sinner seriously consider his latter end. If you are here today, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody because I don't know. If you are here today and you're not saved, do you know whether you're saved or not? Seriously consider your latter and your forever end. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. Can I get an amen? To seek a lasting portion in the love of Christ and the blessing he bestows is the only way to true and satisfying enjoyment even in this present world. Let me say that again. To seek a lasting portion in the love of Christ. Let me ask you. Let me ask myself. Do you love the Lord Jesus? Do you truly love him? You know what he says? If you do, pick up your cross. What's the last part? And follow me. I have in my note here Ephesians 1, 7, and 14. But I won't turn to that yet because I don't think I need to. I know, says Paul. How about you and me? This is Paul. Compare this to what we said about Solomon. I know both how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed. Where did you get your instructions from? Christ himself. Both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and suffer need. How about it, Christian? Do you know how to be abased? Put down? Are you satisfied with what God gave you? And everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Many of you know what comes after Philippians 4, 13 or 4, 12. I can do all things through Christ. What's the next part? Who strengthens me. Where do you get your strength from? The Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's move on to 19. And who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool. I'm going to leave it behind. Who's going to, who's going to take up my inheritance? A wise man or a fool. Alas, Solomon, the wisest of all men, made the worst use of his wisdom. He had 700 wives. That's enough to drive you crazy. <laughs> 700 wives. And yet left one son behind him to possess his estates and his throne. And that one who was Rehoboam, I hope I'm saying it right, I practiced it. 
He was the silliest of them all. You can read the account in 1 Kings. I'm going to say this again. Alas, Solomon, you're so wise. You built a tremendous kingdom. You had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Or if my son succeed me in the possession of them, there is no man can assure me whether he will wisely preserve and improve what I have gotten or foolishly squander it away. In short, whether he will prove a worthy or unworthy inheritor of my labors. No guarantee. Say no guarantee. There's no guarantee that one's heir will be a wise or a good steward. Let me ask you a question. I don't think this is on my next page, so I'm going to say it right now. Are you a good steward? Are you? Only you can. I love this because I don't know. You can answer that question. Are you a good steward of what God gave you? In which case, the former man's entire life work would be in vain. Question for you and me, Luke 12, 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make rule over his house to give them their portion and meat in due season? judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, we also have this ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Who's to him? Jesus Christ. For we must all, say all, all. appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Someday, Brother Bruce and every Christian is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not for your sins, but your responsibility of what you did after you got saved. Can I get an amen? I'm going to say this again. I didn't say it now. I'm going to say this again. Some of us, that it could include me. So I don't want you to think I'm picking on you. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, yes, my salvation, your salvation is complete. This is about your responsibility and my responsibility after we get saved. What did you do? Did you sit down on your laurels? Well, I'm saved. I don't have to do nothing else. There are eternal consequences. That's right eternal 
consequences for disobedient Christians. And that includes me. Can I get an amen? We're not left out. Okay, back to Solomon's demise. And yet, such as he, he must have an absolute power over all that I leave to dispose of it and carelessly, perhaps, to waste in a little time. I'm going to go on to the next slide because I've already covered that. Therefore, I completely despaired of all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun, verse 20. I gave up as a desperate hope. I didn't say that correctly. I gave up as desperate all hope of solid fruit from my labor. Here's B. I gave myself up to despair of ever reaping that satisfaction which I promised to myself. Don't turn the page. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. Can I get an amen? There is nothing better than a minister or anyone to know that they're doing the will of God. It brings joy to their soul. But here's the positive side of passing on a heritage. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? From childhood. Timothy knew the benefits of a spiritual heritage. His mother, Eunice, and grandmother, Lois, taught him the sacred writings which give the wisdom that he leads to salvation. How about it, parents? How about it, grandmom, granddad? Do you have anyone in your surroundings that you are passing on the scriptures that lead to salvation. That is your and my responsibility. To be mute, say nothing, is a sin. We are called to be grandmoms, granddads, parents, to raise our children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Spiritual training. The spiritual training he received as a child. Who received as a child? Timothy. The reservoir of biblical knowledge he accumulated in those early years 
were crucial elements in his adult life. You cannot wait till your children get older. You got to get them right away before the Lord, before the world snatches them out of your hands. Can I get a witness? If you are a parent, the most precious thing, the most precious gift you can give your child is a godly upbringing that will serve as the foundation. They need a firm foundation for his or her future ministry. You don't know what your child is going to do, but you can be a guide, pray with them, Get down into the word of God with them. Live a godly life. Train up a child. Proverbs 22, 6. In the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from him. That's not always true. Sometimes children raised up, trained, move away from the Lord. Can I get an amen? But normally speaking, the norm is that they will be a godly parent, mom or dad. Praise God. Say praise God. I like that. Praise God. Amen. Praise God for those who have instructed you. How about it? In the word and encourage you in righteousness. If you are a parent, pray that your children will exceed you in the faith. Be faithful to pray for young people around you and set a godly example for them to follow. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's it's a good barometer. If I was to ask your son, your daughter, or someone close to you, would you follow? Do you, do you, is your person you're looking at, you hold up, or they have godly principles, they live a godly life, what would they say? Train up a child. Let me make sure I didn't miss because I think I might have missed. No. Train up a child or initiate a child according to his way. Begin with him according to his capacity. Every child has a bent. They, some, some children love to give. Some children are meant. They, they they, there's something about them. There's some habit. There's something that you can see in that child. Get them into it in a godly way. To understand the bend of his genius. I hope you don't think I'm being braggadocio, but I remember my daughter. She always loved to give. Always. She just, she, she loved to help people, even as a child. And there's others who ha have different capacities. I'll just add this and I won't go on because you might think I'm bragging. Now she's a nurse. 
old here is not merely grown up, but age. Well, where do you get that word train from? Train up a child. Here it is. Dedicating a house. You can see them. I'm going to give you two examples. Dedication of con or consecration of altars. Dedication or consecration of the temple. Training day. The related adjective, what do you mean by that? Something that describes something else. Trained, tried, experienced men. This proverb pictures a child who is dedicated by parents to the Lord and morally trained to follow him. Here's two examples. When Abram, notice Abram, not Abraham, heard that his relative had been taken captive, he let out his trained men. There it is. One of the meanings of train. Number two, Psalm 31, 30 and 1. A song of dedication of the house. Dedication. Again, this proverb preaches a child who is dedicated by parents to the Lord. Next. I'm not going to go over the next one. It says from the British Family Bible. Turn to the next. And the next. It says, question for you and me. How dedicated are you and me to the Lord Jesus? Could you say that you're in training? Could you say that? Could you say that right now in this? Amen. Right now, you know, you know the Lord is training you. He's dealing with you in this area of your life or that area. He's dealing with you. Can I get an amen? I'm going to say it again. How dedicated are you and me to the Lord Jesus? Verse 21, when there is a man who has labored with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, then he gives his legacy to one who has not labored with them. This too is vanity and a great evil. It's an awful injustice. Among other groups, that was not the least, to leave that which he had gotten by great travail. To one who had taken no pain, therefore, and whom he knew not whether he would be a wise or fool man after he left this world. In other words, you want someone who's going to follow you up and be responsible for what you leave behind. What comfort or benefit remains to any man after his short and frail life is once ended? Or what advantage has he by all his labors above him who never labored? His days of sorrow. What a picture of human life where the heart is not filled with the peace and love of God. His days are sorrows. What a picture of human life where the heart is not filled with the peace and love of God. Christian, are you filled with peace? 
amongst all the toil, and that doesn't mean you're disregarding it, but among all the toil in this world, are you at peace? Can I get an amen? Amen. Boy, these pages surely they stick to each other, and I don't know why. If I, Solomon, with all my opportunities of enjoyment, fail utterly to obtain solid pleasure of my own making, apart from God, say apart from God. Come on, say it louder. Apart from God. That's what the problem is in this world. We're apart from God. God mercifully spares his children a sad experience which which Solomon made by denying them the goods which they often desire. This, um, let me put it this way. God won't give you certain things because he knows that you're going to misuse it. He gives them the fruit of Solomon's experience. Verse 26. For a person who was good in his sight, he has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. I'm going to ask you once again. Do you have any joy in your life? Or, or is your life so despondent that you, most of your life is filled with anguish and discontent and you lack the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace? That's the heritage of God. That's the heritage that Christ left you. And now I can turn to my, one of my favorite verses. This is Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to listen closely. <clears throat> I know I said this last week. But this is part of the inheritance of God. But God, say, say, but God, who is rich in mercy. Did you get that? Rich in mercy. Because of his great, great love for which he loved us. For some reason, I want to stop there. Did you know that God loves you? Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Did you get that? I lost my place. And raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now this is the part. This is verse 70. You have to look it up lost my place again, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It will take, I know I said it before, part of the inheritance of what Christ did for you on that cross when he said it is finished it will take ages upon ages upon 
ages to show you how much your inheritance and how much he loved you. For that, you ought to be able to say, Hallelujah. Thank you. For by grace, you have been saved. Well, how's that tying with Solomon? Solomon was saved by God's grace. And look what happened to him. Did he lose his salvation? I don't think so. I know he did. Because you're saved by God's grace. But he lost his reward. He lost it. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Say gift of God. I was just talking to one of my brothers a few days ago. He went to a church. And at the end of the sermon, he asked the person who was speaking or someone in the congregation, he said, what about grace? The gift of God. He said, we don't preach that here. We preach law. Let me warn you, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to a church that preaches that you can be saved by your so-called good works, you're in the wrong church. Let me repeat this again. For by grace you have have been saved. I'm going to say that again because you might misconstrue what I'm saying. It didn't say you're going to will be saved. It said for by grace you have been saved. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? Well, Pastor Jack likes to bring out the perfect tense sometimes, so I'll just bring it out once. The perfect tense indicates something that happens in the past and has results in the present. What are you getting to, Brother Bruce? If you've been saved by God's grace, the effects are still there. Can I get a witness? And did you notice the next verse? Here's what Solomon left out. Get it. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm going to preach it again. God expects good works for you and me after we get saved. And what do you get this? They're generated by God the Holy Spirit. You don't do it yourself because you can't do it. For good works which God prepared. God has something for you in store. He's got a path he wants you to follow. Solomon didn't follow that path. He broke away from the Lord. What about you and me? That we should walk in them. How's your walk, ladies and gentlemen? When you leave this facility, are you going to go back in the world and just go back and be a worldly-type Christian all over again? Can I get a witness? Don't get many amens behind that. That's okay. 
I'm going to preach what the Word of God tells me. Because you know what? I too, as a minister, according to Romans chapter 1 or 2, I forget, are doubly responsible for preaching and teaching the Word of God. I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to be open and honest with you this morning and no I'm not going to ask you to come up here you got to deal with God yourself but at least you can be honest Is there anyone here be honest If you don't have to raise your hand but I wish you would Are you a Solomon you went back into the world? Are you, or are you walking with Christ? Only you can answer that question. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head and not look at anybody else, please. Can you do that? Is there anyone here who, who is in a backslidden condition and you know you need to return to your walk in Christ. Can you raise your hand, please? Thank you. You can put your hands down. Everybody keep your hand, keep your heads down. Dear Lord, there was about two or three people who acknowledged their condition. I pray for them that they will get someone responsible, get, get behind someone who can follow them and help them on their way. I pray also for those who are growing in Christ that we continue. And that doesn't mean we're better than the ones who raised their hand. It's just that I don't even know how to say it. Thank you for helping us. That's the way I can say it. Thank you for helping us to stay tuned in the Word of God and with Christ and with other Christians and with fellowship and prayer and all the things we need. In the name above all names, in Yeshua's name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Very quickly, just want to remind you, Monday night is prayer. If you guys want to shoot out here and be in the prayer group and some devotional stuff, that's Monday nights. Thursday nights, we also have the, uh, the uh, Bible study, in-depth Bible study. If you really want to soak up and get into the Word of God, Learn some things that's available. So keep that in mind. 4.30 on Mondays with uh, Tom Wolf. I'm sorry, 4 o'clock. And then yeah, 4 o'clock on Mondays. And then Thursdays at 6, right? Okay. Hook up and receive the Lord's blessing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise.